0: Welcome to Ideas Into Action. I'm your host, Hamza Khan. Our producer is Kwaku Ajemang, a.k.a. Kwaku On Air. Thanks for tuning in. This right here is our inaugural episode, and I'm thrilled to have in the studio with us George Khalifa. George is the Director of Business Development and Marketing at Canada's number one mid-market tech mergers and acquisition advisor, Sanford. He helps Sanford provide world-class M&A advisory to technology clients in Toronto and facilitates Sanford's growing presence in Canada we covered a lot of ground in this podcast. We talked about George's transition from the Middle East to Canada. We unpacked some millennial stereotypes. We got into some conversation about diet and more. Friends, let's do this. When we met George, George Khalife, am I saying that correctly? (laughs) You are, man. Khan (laughs) and the Khalife together. Uh, When we last met, it was at the League of Innovators event. And uh, I told you about this movie that I'd watched recently. It was Rush. I think it was made in 2013. It was about uh, two... NASCAR racer, not NASCAR racer, sorry, that's a different movie. That's Talladega Nights. Yeah. Two F1 racers, uh, right. Nikki Hunt, sorry, James Hunt and Nicky Lauda. And why that movie reminds me of you is because like one of the characters in there, Nicky Lauda, who gets into an accident and just goes out of the game for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's dejected, he's in the hospital, he's lost the spirit, he's lost the drive to continue. I felt like that for most of 2018, I'd say. I think after publishing my book, I experienced this sort of complete relinquishing of the spirit of the drive to keep going. I think I actually experienced writer's block for the first time. And I feel like I sat out most of 2018. Mm. But in that movie, Nikki Lauda is watching TV and he's watching James Hunt do his thing. He's at the top of his game. He's really just out there racing, motivating others, just really leading that sport, leading the industry forward. And, you know, when I watched that movie and then I came across you and Raphael Wong's canvas series podcast, shout out to Raf.
1: Yeah, great guy.
0: I saw you and I said, oh fuck, <laughs> I got to get back in the game. Wow. Cause you're out there, you're doing this. And it was very inspiring. It was very motivating to see you do that. So first of all, I want to start by saying thank you. Thank you. Because this is the longest conversation we've ever had in person and you don't know, but you've actually helped me get out of depression.
1: That's amazing. I think
0: I was at a really dark, I was in a really dark place in 2018 and you helped me to crawl out of that, uh, okay. just by being yourself,
1: man. Well, I, I really appreciate it, man. And, uh, First of all, I'm 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 really grateful to be here, uh, doing this podcast with you. You know, and and I followed your journey too, uh, you know, from writing the Burnout Gamble and uh, and doing everything else, just even creating content online. You recently have a, an online classroom now. Yes, that you're I do. Teaching, so you're doing great things too, man. And and just being a part of uh, your environment has also been inspiring to me. And. Uh, you know, really touched to hear you say that as well
0: I hope so man and we have a, a bit of an age difference between us so I'm 31 now you're 25 and you're doing at 25 what I think I'm doing or started doing at 30, 31 which is wild for me to see you're in many ways the anti-millennial
1: I, I just look like a baby boomer <laughs> <laughs> you look like a, a, re, a, re, a really a really built baby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, we talked earlier right before we jumped on the podcast about work ethic and about you, know, you being an analyst but having the mindset of a VP, that you were always in your mind a VP, you were always a CEO. Your mom says she wants you to be a CEO someday. Mm-hmm. In your mind, are you a CEO? Uh,
1: yeah, in my mind, I want to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so, title aside, you know, I think uh, I've always, I've always known within myself that I have a leadership capability, uh, you know, to inspire myself first, but to also inspire my community. And that's what I've always wanted to do, uh, you know, never have the rhetoric that I'm, I'm perfect by any means, in fact, far from it. Uh, but what I've always kind of pushed within myself is the agenda that, um, you know, because I know what I'm good at, uh, I want to constantly improve, constantly develop uh, and get to a place you know where I'm happy, which is, you know, never something that you can, I guess, attain, but it's just something that every day you, you want to improve on. You want to you want to sort of craft and pivot and change. Uh, and I think that's what's exciting about life, man, is that we're all trying to figure it out. You know, someone watching this could be like, oh, my God, this dude has you know so much figured out at only 25. But the truth is, you know, I'm only getting started. I'm only just now starting to figure certain things out. And I think life will be a journey of constantly figuring out what your purpose is pursuing your passions, and, and hopefully impacting people in a positive way.
0: So that beginner's mindset of feeling like you just started out, do you anticipate that you're going to have that same mindset when you're 50 and much more accomplished in your life? Do you always want to feel like that? Do you always want to feel like you're still capable of learning and capable of improving? Or do you feel like there's a destination in mind, and once you get there, you're going to be crystallized as George Khalife?
1: Yeah, I, I think for for certain things, you know, you obviously want to build a specialty you want to build uh, some some capacity that people can come to you now for advice and i think that's maybe why you'll have a ceo and a seat right or the the present like people will, will want to go to you for certain uh, knowledge bits right so you want to attain that uh, that specialty in certain areas but i think that's that's what's exciting you know even if i get to 50 years old there's going to be certain things that i can learn you know there might be sports hobbies there might be certain areas in life i might be still working building a business who knows right and mm-hmm. uh, i think that there's so much to do there's so much to learn there's so many people to to know and connect with that because of that, I'll I'll never feel like I've hit the finish line.
0: That's super interesting. And you touched upon something earlier, and and that's, you know, you got me thinking about people who want to become public speakers. Like Mm -hmm. You do quite a bit of speaking yourself. I'm a public speaker. I do quite a bit of speaking myself as well. The one thing that I feel is left out of the narrative of public speakers is that in order to speak about something, that something needs to exist in the first place. You can't just go up on stage and just speak about something that you haven't actually rehearsed the scenarios of, something that you don't have subject matter expertise in. You know, when I started my career, now I speak about a whole host of topics. But when I first started out, I was speaking very much about acute subject matter expertise within social media. What are the things that you started speaking about? The things that you had hyper-competence in, the things that you felt like you were an expert in, not necessarily the expert, I'm not necessarily the expert in anything, but I am unexpert. expert you are unexpert. What is the thing that you are unexpert expert in that you've been asked to speak
1: about? Sure. Um, I'll answer that. And I just want to kind of give my two cents on this, Please. too. Because I think it'll help a lot of listeners. But Hamza, I, I think as you sort of go along right whether it's personal or professional the, the, there's going to be certain things that you have to build awareness with within yourself you know you have to pay attention to the things that you're good at and sometimes it might take your friends your family you know your environment your close network to tell you hey Hamza like did you know like how good of a network you know networker you are or mm-hmm. how how easy it is for you to connect with people like i had that told to me and to be frank with you, like after university, I didn't understand the concept of networking. I didn't think it was a formal concept. You know, like, oh, you, you network so easy. I'm like, network? What are you talking about? You know, like, I just have Le- Lebanese DNA, you know, like, we're <laughs> Middle Eastern. And like we, It
0: just comes naturally. We just hug and kiss everyone, right? Yeah. <laughs> Three kisses on the cheek <laughs> yeah, and let's it, go. baby. Right?
1: Um, but I think, so, so uh, a lot of times you might be you might be open to these concepts and then you start, you know, Flirting with the idea that you know I might have a strength in this, so let me expose it further. Let me see what happens. Um, So I've been asked to speak about things like personal branding. Um, You know, and some people get it wrong. They think I'm just always promoting a brand, and it's really not. But I think now they understand that I'm storytelling. I love telling stories. Uh, You know, even just saying it gives me energy. You know, I love um, documenting as I go through life. You know, the personal, the professional. I want to show people uh, the day to day, from the good, the bad. You know, if, if for example something happens at work that that isn't so good, I want to share that, and I want to be as raw and genuine because I think really uh, that's the power of social media, and I want to leverage it to create a positive impact. So that's one. Um, another thing is marketing, sales. Um, you know, I think that's something I've been really focusing on on building within myself. So always knew I was extroverted, always knew I was good with people. Um, but even sales, for example, was a skill that I didn't think you can develop or there was a science behind it until recently and that humbled me a lot because I always thought like I was a good salesperson until I started taking like a course and formalizing it I'm like shit man like I'm a terrible (laughs) there's gaps in the game this this whole thing was improvised like I gotta start putting structure to this this thing and so structure to the system Um, so I think that's that for people listening though you know if you want to start speaking and you want to start building these opportunities, we spoke about this offline. Um, you have so many opportunities. You all have, you know, very interesting stories. You just don't realize it. I love when a student calls me and says, "George, I have an interview tomorrow. I just don't know what to say." So, I look at them and I'm, "How, how can you say that? You don't know what to say, man. You're you're 24. You're 25. You're 20." 20. you may tell me in your 20 years there's nothing exciting that has happened there is you just don't know maybe how to formulate it one or two you might not have the confidence enough to expose it and so uh, anyways, a little off topic. I just think that everybody has a creative story. Everything, Everybody has something interesting to say.
0: Let's go back to that confidence piece in just a second. I want to say, first of all, that you've cracked what I think is the formula for wild success, which is hyper-competence, A, the first component, something that you're really fucking good at. Mm. And then the second is wild generosity. So you're willing to give away all of that competence. Yeah. So you're really good at personal branding, networking, all of the respective things that you do, whether it's with Samford or Bookback app, and we'll talk all about that, but you're not content with just keeping it for yourself you actively give it away. And I think one of the mediums that you use to give it away very generously on is LinkedIn. Mm. At first, when I first saw, when I first connected with you on LinkedIn, you were doing what one of my friends called broetry, which is <laughs> <laughs> writing these sort of like long form uh, uh, prosaic quotes and and stories on, on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, there's a lot of that on my feed, but the ones that come from you, because I'm now familiar with you and your story. Yeah. Um, I can tell it's coming from a place of not just heart, but also confidence. Mm. You're giving it away knowing that if I were to question you on anything that you write about, you'd be able to answer back with absolute confidence. Where does your confidence come from? Because I'll tell you personally, I have no natural confidence. Mm. I have to crowdsource all of it and develop it by looking back into the repository of things that Hamza has done to build on, um, you know, a sort of shell of 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 confidence that I then wear when I'm on stage, or even now in this podcast. Where does your podcast? Where I was going to say, where does your podcast naturally come from? Where does your confidence naturally come from?
1: Yeah, man, that's that's a good question, and I'm going to be honest in certain segments. Uh, Please, man, as we sort of talk about the challenges, but but also the good parts of it. I wasn't always confident. You know? I
0: don't, I don't believe that for one second, man.
1: I wish you knew me back in grade five when I was fat with over the mushroom <laughs> cup, baby. You know, <laughs> and
0: this was back in uh, Lebanon,
1: eh? <laughs> uh, you know, it was, uh, it was actually here. Uh, I lived in Saudi for ten years. Oh shit! I Started off in French, and when I came to Canada, I didn't know Eng- uh, English very well. I mean, I was still kind of, uh, you know, getting into the system, even just adapting to, to a new culture. Yeah. You know, and and going to middle school and stuff, it was really different for me. Um, also struggling with being overweight, and then. To the later stages of high school it becomes more difficult as i'm sure you know and it's uh, with with you know different groups and peer pressures and stuff so i never held uh, i never had internal confidence uh you know as as my younger self i would say i think uh, confidence was something i just had to build in many different ways so for example uh, in grade 5 i always share the story but if someone's listening they might not have heard it um giving a presentation didn't go well at all i was stuttering sweating the whole <laughs> 9 yards a teacher comes up to me and uh, you know I guess she was trying to be nice in certain areas, but she she essentially told me that I, I was you know I, she did she didn't think that I would ever be a good communicator. Uh, you know, she she never saw me becoming a good presenter in business, and she told me that. And you know, grade five, grade six those words really pierce, you know, and, and I took them, I took them very personally. So that was one kind of tipping point. The other one is I had a crush on a girl and <laughs> asked her out. She was a good friend of mine, you know, for the longest time. It's always time.
0: a romantic interest,
1: man. It was a romantic interest. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I tried to, uh, to ask her out and I finally built the confidence to ask her out and yeah. I just got shattered, you know, oh, and, um, she criticize
0: your bull cut or something. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and many other things, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, she just wasn't into into overweight guys, I guess. Oh, but man. And did
0: you have like a thick Lebanese accent at the time as well? Quite thick. Yeah.
1: Quite thick. You know, I was pretty fresh. Yeah, pretty fresh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think these things, like looking back, obviously they hurt me then. I'm not trying to be yeah. humorous, but um, I think those tipping points really helped me, uh, you know, take a really uh, clear and honest look at myself and say, okay, I, m- I might not get confidence from the external world in different areas. I'm going to have to build confidence within myself. What do I have within me? You know, that I'm not only confident, but I'm, I'm happy, man. Like, I'm happy to show you what I've been through. And I wanna tell, tell this to a lot of people, but this is why I say when you, when you think and reflect back on your story, you might have had times, and everybody has, dude. I can't tell you the times where I've cried, I've like, buried my head in the pillow and I was disappointed. But it's me overcoming these things and knowing that there's like a brighter day, as cheesy as it sounds, mm-hmm. I know that there's a, you know, there's something better. There's yeah. light at the end of the tunnel. And because of those repeated experiences, I can look back and say, man, I'm, I'm hard. I have tough skin. You think your you know your word is gonna hurt me. You think that you know your backlash is gonna hurt me. So I think that comes with with maturity. Number two, this is the problem with social media. But people see demos. You understand? Like what do I, you mean, demos? I go on your profile. I don't know Hamza Khan. Huh? Oh, okay. So like you mean like highlights? Highlights. Oh, got it. Okay. I okay. only I'm only seeing a, a trailer of you. Yeah, you're seeing I, what I want you to see. Yeah, 100%. But but the flip side of this is if I come and criticize you and you get hurt by it, what I want people to understand is people are only seeing two-second segments, 20-second segments, maybe just this podcast, but they don't know you know, the 31, 32-year-old Hamza. They don't know the 25-year-old yeah. George. You haven't been there during my challenges. So you think I'm going to stop now just because you said something that hurts me? Hell no. you know. And I think that's where the confidence comes from. And I think, so maturity is one, uh, going through these experiences, but then doing things that, if, if, man, it's really just a mindset I swear to you, dude. Like when you tap into your mind and you, you you figure out how to how to overcome these things. And I think by doing certain things, jumping out of a plane, you know, diving with sharks or whales, sure, that for me works. It gets, it puts me on edge. Mm-hmm. And why I do these things is because I'm always scared to do them. I'm scared shitless, man. I have a YouTube video of me skydiving. You can look at my face. <laughs> I was not confident then, man.
0: You're sweating just like you were back in uh, doing that presentation. man. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> I was scared, but when I, when I did it and I landed. Now I can step into a conference room, deliver a presentation. You think I'm gonna be scared? No,
0: not at all. Bro, let's talk about skydiving real quick. There's so much I wanna touch on over there. I sky, I, I sky dove. I sky dove maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. When people ask me how that was, I say, without a doubt, that was the scariest thing I've ever done. I can't even describe it. There's nothing that has come close <laughs> to the level of fear and adrenaline that comes from when you're standing at the edge of the plane and you're looking down and you see just these small little lines, which are actually full blown highway roads. And the asshole behind me is like three, two, and then he just <laughs> kicks me off at two. And I jumped off, and every store of adrenaline in my body kicked in. And once I landed, I felt extremely grateful for having done that experience. Yeah. So back to what you said about doing difficult things. I do believe that that is part of evolution. That's part of growth. You have mm-hmm. to voluntarily do difficult things. Mm-hmm. If you want to grow, if you want to evolve, if you want to face whatever is facing you nonetheless, you have to willingly confront it, mm-hmm. whatever that is. So you had those moments that you described throughout your entire odyssey. Moments that I would say are, I never want to feel like that again moments. Mm. You know, when the girl rejected you, you never want to feel like that again. So you willingly, voluntarily did difficult things. You went to the gym every single day. You worked on your fitness, your wardrobe, your confidence, your speech, all of that Mm. to never feel like that again. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Professionally speaking, was there a moment in your life, in your career, where you felt a way that you never want to feel again? A moment where yeah. you felt ashamed, where you felt broken, dejected, belittled, and you said to yourself, "Never again." And you worked hard to overcome that. What was that?
1: Yeah, many times. Uh, to be honest, and let me just say something. Um, I think if you're not stretching yourself to the point where you don't feel these things, you're not stretching yourself enough. Huh? Mm-hmm. This is this is the, the the way life works. And I think if if you don't feel failure, if you don't feel, you, know, it's almost like, for example, when you exercise. If you don't feel that burnout, it might not be a good thing. This might be bro science, but yeah. I'm just talking mindset-wise. <laughs> like, sure, If you man. don't get to that point where you're like literally exhausted, about to throw up, how do you know your limit? Yeah. And if you're always going to do 10 minutes on a treadmill and get out without a sweat, you know. If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got, right? There you go, my man. So I just want to say that for, for one, and I think that's why it's important as a segue. Um Professionally speaking, man, I'll give you an example. Uh, in third year of university, I worked at G, uh, GE, General Electric, okay. and I enrolled in their Financial Management Program (FMP), one of their best leadership programs. Uh, and if you make it in your fourth year, you then go into a two-year program, uh, and you go into their different divisions. You travel. It's like rotational leadership. Yeah. Okay. And at the time, sweet life
0: opportunity of a lifetime, man.
1: Great company to work for. To Fortune 500 at the yeah, time. Yeah. 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 Uh, sorry, it was one of the largest uh, companies within the- Totally. Port- the port-
0: longest standing Fortune 500
1: company too. That's right. I mean, uh, led by Jack Welch uh, yeah. previously. Like it it had an amazing story. For sure. You know? So I did- I- Go through the summer uh, but throughout the summer I was, I was really pissed off at myself i was doing a lot of things that i wasn't just good at i didn't have also the academic or the technical skills it was mostly cost accounting fp uh, and i came from more of an investment finance background but dna wise i'm client facing mm. and that was so sucking for me man and i'm like i'm looking at myself and i'm looking at other interns i'm like why are they doing so well like why is it so easy for them and i'm sitting here and i can't even get through this model you know i can't get through the spreadsheet like. What is and I'm working my ass off, dude. I'm staying late. I'm like I'm working on the weekends. I swear to you, I remember this. Uh, I hope you believe me on this, but 100 percent, man. I'm literally driving back from work. Yeah, and I just remember it on a red light. I, sc- you know, when you ever have a moment when you just scream at the top of your lungs. Oh yeah. Like you're just oh, yeah. so fucking. Was last week. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it was one of those where thank God my windows were up, but like, um, I was just so disappointed, man, because for the first time I almost felt like a, not only a failure, but I, I felt like I couldn't get out of it you know and it was tough to go back the next day and try to give it my hundred but still get rejected or something happened um summer finishes they didn't extend me an offer so how do you think i felt you know obviously i'm sitting. that's there. akin to
0: being fired basically
1: right yeah yeah they're like sorry like look we love you great personality you did you, I, we know you did great you know manager had great things to say right. but we didn't renew your contract yeah, it just it didn't work out this might not be your future and so you know, I'm sitting there obviously in third year and I think for a lot of people when that happens, you know, you feel like the whole world is tumbling down. Mm-hmm. But he, this is where perspective is important. You know, my family's still healthy, thank God. I'm still healthy. I still have great friends. I have a head on my shoulder and I have faith. I'm, I know something's going to work. I know. I take this this work. I think that I have some door is going to open. And today I was listening to TD to Jakes. Shout out to Bishop TD Jakes, my man. Shout out to Bishop uh, TD Jakes. I, I listen to this even in the gym sometimes when yeah, I didn't man. ask. Same anything. here. You know, and uh, he so he was good. saying he was sometimes you see a door shut, and you think that it's a negative, but sometimes a door shut is is preventing you from going down the wrong path, so that a door opens, right one that you're supposed to go through. And you're so focused on the one that's shot because you think that that was planned, you know. But in fact, it kind of geared you off the wrong wrong side. So um, that perspective allowed me to adjust and think, you know what, what am I meant for? I started asking the right questions. What am I supposed to do? And just because I'm not going down the path that everybody wants or thinks that, you know, this is the smart way of doing it, I'm going to create my own path. And eventually people are going to follow suit.
0: I love that a lot man and, and success is a motherfucker man. Like when you yeah. succeed when you when you get what you want I love it. Um, it's confusing. I published that book and I was like, oh, what do I do <laughs> now? Like I did the thing that I've dreamed of doing I don't actually know what to do next mm-hmm. and I think that was a big contributor to the depression Which was just that lack of direction lack of knowing where to go and I think I'd much rather operate as an underdog I'd much rather have repeated failures. I'd much rather have adversity at all times, mm-hmm. at varying degrees, that will allow me to have a better sense of how I don't want to feel, so that I can maneuver differently. Because I don't do a good job of knowing where I want to go. I have a general sense of where I want to go, but I have a strong sense of what I don't want to do, what I don't want to, where I don't want to go back to, basically.
1: Mm. Which is equally important.
0: I think so, but I think I think at some point, though, like as you move further in your career, man, and I say that as though you're not already super far in your career. I'm, I apologize. I keep on forgetting that you're 25, man. I feel like I'm talking to some a fellow 31 year old over here, um, but. I think at my stage in my career right now, yeah. how I do things is more important than what I do. Mm. And I think that people are looking for a different sort of output from me. How do you deal with external pressures? How do you deal with, because you're out there. I mean, your your whole life is available for criticism and viewing. I mean, you document everything. Mm-hmm. You do a really good job of what I think Gary Vee has has dubbed the the documenting approach to telling your story online. You don't create content as much as you just document what you already do. Yeah. How do you prevent yourself from listening to outside voices that might not have your best interest at heart and just stay on the George Khalifa
1: path? I just know what's right for me. What is right for you? Uh, document ex- documenting experiences, you know, sharing stories. And uh, by the way, as much as there might be flack, hate, that, whatever, there is equally a portion of people that's, that give such good feedback, you know. People who give me opportunities like you just did on this podcast because of things like that. You know, someone who hits me up and says, even if it's one, I can get 50 hate mails. Not that it happens, but even if I did, I can get one person saying, George, dude, I just got to tell you, man, you know, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. I didn't feel like I I wanted to get out, go to the gym, and and you just pumped me up. For a lot of people, that might not mean much. To me, that's my biggest currency because you see, aside from like work and money, it's never going to give me the same sense of fulfillment. At least I feel like you know, something I did today, because I have a choice, you know, when I wake up in the morning, life is not always perfect, picture perfect for you. You know, I don't think that if I'm sitting here, like everything, there's a lot going on, dude, in everybody's lives. And you got to understand that, uh, not for those listening. I yeah, mean. for sure. Um, and so when you interact with someone and, and they might say something, there might be something deeper that they're not telling you and insecurity, they might be getting that same hate from someone else. So I think back to that leadership concept. I have the the choice of listening to it and belittling myself to the point where I don't put something out because I'm scared of what people might think, or I can con- continuously work on myself and genuinely put out things that I feel will be positive for people. Now, it's not for everybody, and I understand that. You want to take inspiration from it? Please do. If you don't, someone will. You understand? I'm not here to please 7 billion people. If I was, I'd sell ice cream, you know? Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I'm definitely going to use that, man. Yeah.
1: I'm just I'm just I I know what's right, dude. I know what's right, and I don't always do what's right. But I'm here to share my experience cuz I, I think for the first time we can so why not use it, man, and do something good with it instead of taking aimless selfies?
0: I appreciate that so much, man. And I, I think I think that's really just given me the the confidence that I need to go out and just move forward with the multiple projects I've got going on. Mm-hmm. Specifically, projects that require me putting myself out there. I can think about maybe a time two or three years ago where there was no hate mail. Uh, there's no hate mail now, but there's no negative. There was no negative comments. There yeah. was no negative feedback. It was just, "Hey, Hamza, we see you. Keep going. This is great. This is fantastic." And then they started coming in, then came the DMS, then came the down votes then came the negative comments, then came the, you know, I saw spelling and grammar mistakes. And mm-hmm. I think for me, as somebody who had this, uh, image of myself, having, having had that chipped away, it really started to affect my confidence, but in seeing you and doing what you've done and doing so You know, I want to say that what you're doing is polished, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not overly polished. It's still raw enough where it feels like you're doing it, Mm -hmm. where you're the person in control of that. I see that now, and I think to myself, man, just get it to 80% and put it out there. Get it to 80%, put it out there, and you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but you might be someone's glass of whiskey. You might be someone's shot of tequila, and that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. I would much rather do this. I mean, if we only have, um, you know, if we... We only have one listener on this podcast, but that person depends on this podcast. I'm in. I'm I'm going to do this until the end of time for that one person. That to me is much more important than having a million subscribers who just barely check in.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that that's a good way to put it. And, um, like, like you bring up a, a really good point where the whole 80% notion versus a hundred percent. Okay. In entrepreneurship, and any entrepreneur is going to vouch for this, you can't always wait for something to be perfect to no. put it out. you just can't.
0: You can't. Right? What did uh, Reed Hoffman say? He said, "If you've waited to, if you're not horribly embarrassed by the first iteration of what you've put out, you've you waited see. too long."
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love Reed Hoffman. I, I love this exact quote too. Uh, he also says something like, "An entrepreneur is someone who throws himself off a cliff and tries to build a parachute on the, on way, the way down." down yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> true interesting story. quotes. But um, I think that's true. As an entrepreneur, if you're always going to wait, you're never going to get to market, and someone's going to beat you to it. You have to understand that. Now i just I, I believe that if first of all this, this this notion of perfection you know is always i think going to imprison you from putting yourself out because i I just don't understand how how you can attain perfection. It's relative and subjective. I understand and I appreciate someone who likes perfection, maybe as an artist, you know, and you want to put things out. But I'm more of the believer of being being cognizant of it and wanting to improve your work. I think that's important. I recently put out a video on LinkedIn that showed my episode one on my podcast versus episode I remember seeing that twenty nine yeah. or something Earth and Moon. You can, oh my god! Like I watched that again and, yeah. <laughs> and I, there's a reason I didn't take it down by the way. Like yeah. take down my first episode, but. Let me just, I, I kind of cringe when I watched that first episode. And, and you know, God bless Paul Nadeau who came on as my first guest because nobody wanted to. Um, but I wasn't a good interviewer. I thought I was. I thought I was like Jimmy Fallon or some yeah. shit, you know. And, just laughing awkwardly at your own jokes. Yeah. Right? And it's just like, and I, I would say um every time. And like, I, it's just so weird and awkward seeing myself, you know, back you know during the first segment my half half of my head was cut off like it was just it was weird to be frank and um but that allowed me to appreciate it so much more the more i started doing it the more i improved Uh, and i think that's the whole point you know, how can I be perfect in the first time? I've never interviewed someone formally on a podcast. I've never done a podcast myself. So until you, and this is why, man, Here, here's the thing. I just want to also say, Please. people sitting on the on the sidelines, on the bench, are so easy to criticize. You ever sit on, like, you watch the Toronto Raptors, and you're like, hey, you just missed the dunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a ball. Please, show me. Show me
0: how it's done. Yeah, yeah.
1: If you can make five layups, I'll give you 10, you know, like uh so i think it's all contextual and um so i i just think i'm i'm i pay more respect to someone who's actually under the limelight versus someone who's in the dark criticizing the person in the light.
0: Bro, I think that's a big reason why I've backed away from Twitter. Uh, Twitter has just become—I need to clean up my Twitter big time. My mm. Twitter, anytime I log in, it's just people criticizing all the time. It's just people complaining and whining. And you know, yeah. with that being said, there are definitely issues that need to be complained about and talked about. And sure. uh, you know, I'm I'm all for that. But when I see it done in a way that's malicious. Mm. Uh, where they're trying to take down somebody who is putting out content that is doing something that is, you know, a, a good example of this. I see, I listened to this podcast, uh, called the fighter and the kid. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, so this is Brendan Schaub and Brian Callan, right? Callen, right? Yeah. So it's super interesting cause I see Brendan Schaub. I'm like, okay, here's a guy who's trying to go out there and become a stand up comedian. All of the listeners, are, so oh my goodness. I'm like, you have to be made of Teflon. To not see that and to keep on going, because if that was me, I would have been crying. I would have shut down a long time ago and said, I'm never pod- podcasting again. Um, yeah. So at my level right now, I'm thinking about how if and when that happens, I'm assuming that it will happen. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I will get to a point. We will get to a point where the podcast is big enough, where the network, the empire is big enough, where there's some bona fide haters, some people that are actively trying to shut, shut us down. Mm-hmm. Am I prepared for that mentally? And I don't know yet. So I guess uh, my question for you is, how do you continue to build mental fortitude? Because you've got the physical fortitude. Mm -hmm. You've got the defenses up as far as building your empire is concerned. But how do you stay mentally
1: strong? Yeah, You know, you do a lot of reading. Uh, Yeah, it's a mixture of these things. I think reading, um, exercising helps a lot. Big time. And you're daily, eh? I try to do six, six times, five, six times. Wow. Usually I'll have a day off for sure. And uh, I just think it, it's so important, man. Like every time you step in the gym, uh, you, you almost want to overcome something, you know. And I think pushing yourself and again, doing these crazy things like maybe skydiving once a year puts you out of your element. Uh, constantly learning is important. Having a great support system like close friends who I can go to. Uh, and sometimes they build my ego. Sometimes they shatter it when I need it, <laughs> when I need a bit of humility, yeah. you know, and uh, I'm grateful to have, you know, parents who are supportive and a sister who always supports me in everything I do. So I'm lucky to have these things. I don't take that uh, they're a privilege, you know. Um, but but I think it's, every, it's almost like a muscle. You have to hone this muscle every single day. I feel weak. I have weak moments during the day too. It's not like you can be a hundred percent confident and like, like Superman or superwoman, every single, no man, this is not the case. Uh, but I think when I have these kind of, uh, doubts or whatever, I'll, I'll listen to maybe, uh, like a TD Jakes or ET, the hip hop preacher. Yep. I need like sometimes a kick, you know, a mm-hmm. spark. Uh, sometimes I go back to my wife. It, it might be just even like sh- in the shower. I'm like, fuck, you know, really like you're going to let that bring you down. You know, sometimes I'll go back to people who, who send me nice notes, you know? Uh, so I, I think it's important just to to always be reflective, and 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 to look at the greater scheme of things. You know, your podcast. If it's one episode, you might have said something. Something, uh, you know, it was maybe the theme. It was the the person you're interviewing. It's fine, man. Not everything has to be a hundred percent, hundred likes. In fact, something good will never be that. Mm-hmm. That that's your indication. I wouldn't want you know, uh, my podcast to always be liked or not quite. I embrace those questions. Right. But come and be constructive. If you're just going to hate for no reason, and I'll just, I'll, one ear, out the other. That's it. So that's fine. Uh, and I think over time, dude, you'll just build that. It's not something that uh, just comes overnight.
0: I think that's just part of having a growth mindset. Like, I'm, it's throughout the time that we've been recording this podcast, I've mentally engaged with some moments where I did things that I wish I didn't do. Yeah. Like little ticks and uh, words that I added and and gestures that I feel like if I had a chance to do over again, I would do much differently But the difference is now I don't dwell on them as much as I used to before I used to be self-critical to the point of par- paralysis mm. Now it's just like, oh, okay. I messed up. It's all good There's gonna be episode two. There's gonna be episode 200. There's gonna be episode 2000 We're gonna get better at this. Yeah, uh, and understand that, you know This is no different than going to the gym and doing one rep.
1: Yeah, this is just one rep you know something too I'm just thinking of even um, my girlfriend Maria uh, reminds me of she's she's studying neuroscience she's doing her psi in Damn, neuroscience bro. and power couple here Yeah it's uh it's interesting though sometimes I have to be a, you know the anchor I, and the brain surgeon yeah. then <laughs> Exactly she's the brains man but uh she like every time I come to her with a prompt you know or, or something happens and I'm like we're t- kind of talking through it uh she'll always ask me like why do you feel this way You know and it sounds very simple but she just asked me like like think deeply about why are you feel why are you getting triggered what is the real reason? Be honest. Don't tell me. Maybe write it down. You know, tell me the reason why you're feeling. Okay, so you put a story someone didn't like it. Why are you feeling? Is it because there's a bit of insecurity? Huh? Give me the deep, like get to the core. Because you're not gonna fix it. If you go and delete that story now, you're only adding fuel to the fire. Right. Huh? So so what what's that core? What's that core weakness that's that's you know, pushing you towards that edge? And uh it's very difficult. I'll give you an exercise. Sit in a room that's dark for 20 minutes in silence. That's
0: terrifying, bro. It's terrifying. a nightmare.
1: Yeah. For all us millennials, man. <laughs> what, you're telling me I can't go on YouTube, I can't watch yeah. Netflix or be alone with my resume. thoughts? That's what kind of shit is that, bro? <laughs> some dark black mirror bandersnatch <laughs> <Yeah, man>. shit. <laughs>
0: Holy man. You know, it's so true, man. The the phrase that I keep on kicking around in my head is um the things you choose not to face will face you nonetheless. Mm. And so right now in your life, in my life, certainly there's things that I'm choosing not to face, Mm. right? There's difficulties that I need to overcome. There's personal, professional, academic challenges that I need to confront. Um, but I'm not confronting them.
1: Mm.
0: Doesn't change the fact that they're still confronting me. They're still looking at me. They're not going anywhere. They're right there. And so for me to improve, for me to get to that next place in life, for me to bust through any plateaus that I'm in, I need to do the difficult thing. I need to confront that thing. And in doing so, become that thing Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So a good example of that is I'm very insecure about my academic credentials. Uh, You know, I say that as we're recording right here in Ryerson University and the Allen Slate Radio Institute. uh, I've got a BA, an honors Mm -hmm. BA, Mm -hmm. but it's just a BA. I don't have a master's, I don't have a PhD. Mm -hmm. Every time I go and teach, I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) I have no idea why they selected me for this. Like I have to teach a class on Tuesday and I'm gonna stand in front of that class and I'm gonna conduct myself as though I have a PhD. But at the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't have this. Mm. So here's the thing. If I want to overcome that insecurity, it's not going to come from any other way other than just subjecting myself to the academic rigor. I have Mm. to at some point go do my master's, go do my PhD, or at least do things that are tantamount to achieving the position or the experience that would make me feel like I deserve that. But right now I don't I don't feel it. And so yeah, I have and, to
1: confront it. And I think what's important here too, and this I've felt this too, to be frank with you. Like I only have a bachelor's and uh, especially coming from a finance background in university, you know, everybody wants to go for their C F A Right away, man. Everybody, don't keep a beat. MBA right away. Right. C F A, MBA, no rest and uh, or like you want to go into investment banking and to do that you need an MBA CFA i got into investment banking without either wild uh, but i'll be frank i'm on the business development side so disclaimer i'm not on the sort of back back office valuation side uh, big props in respect to, to people who are like it, it takes a technical uh, aptitude to do that what i'm trying to get to is i found my route doing things that i knew i was good at but that i can also excel in and i had to be okay with it do i want to be a doctor fuck yeah <laughs> Can I handle blood and like a broken bone? Hell no. Hell no. I'd yeah. faint in like four seconds, man. Yeah. You know, and so I'm real with myself. It's okay. You know? Um, and here's the funny part. When you have friends that are in different industries, you're gonna recognize that strength. I'll give you an example. Most of my friends are engineers, you know, God bless them all, because they're super technical, they analytical as 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 a heck, man. Like, yeah. you know, very detail oriented. So they should be. I'm not so much the same kind of uh, skill set. You know, for me, it's more, uh, I can improv really well. You put me with a client, you know, give me 30 minutes, you know, negotiation, closing a deal, being able to present, being able to craft a story, promote, rebrand. I understand people, you know, like deeply, you know, and from the EQ sense. And I, I'm learning to, to grow on that. So when we're together, you can see the mix. I took one of my friends to an event once, like a normal networking event. Um, no elevator speech, just couldn't. Now, if he takes me to his environment, I would fail miserably, you know, having to do physics and chemistry to the level that they have to. I I just can't do. It. So, not that I can't learn it, but I can't do it to the same uh quickness and 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 ability that they can. And so you have to understand uh what you're really good at and and just pursue it as much as you can and be okay with it. Last thing I'll tell you, I'll tell you on this topic cuz I've I've had this before, especially on social. I want to put out every time I achieve something. And I found myself in the loop. That I constantly wanted to achieve as a way to affirm my credibility online and in person. Like, oh, you know, George was just just did this, or he just created this, or he just did. And I was constantly chasing the next thing. What what can I do now? You know, and sometimes that's good, that competitiveness, it drives you. What was not healthy about it was I was doing it so that other people can give me credibility about where I was. And eventually I had to look at myself and say, whoa, 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 this is not good. Because you're eventually gonna run into a wall here you know, and I had to be very real with myself. So I pivoted and started doing things I enjoy doing. And as a result, gradually people will sort of pay attention to, and they'll give you affirmation because you're genuine mm-hmm. and you can tell, you can tell when someone's talking, when they're bullshitting or they're genuine, you know, you you can just tell by their tone. Yep. I can't be bullshitting for 60 minutes, mm-hmm. let alone for, for five years. Eventually something is going to come out. Like and I think that's what's important.
0: And, dude, that's the modifier right there. And I couldn't agree with you more for all the listeners. If there's something you're passionate about, listen to that, because there's a good chance that the thing you're meant to do for the rest of your life is going to be traced back to that passion. Yeah. Um, you have to love what you're doing, otherwise you're not going to do a lot of it, and if you don't do a lot of it, you're never going to get good at it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, man. Before we go into some of the deconstructing George's Day and understanding how you manage your time, energy, attention, focus, and then uh, we'll let you go, because I, I know that it's a Sunday that we're recording <laughs> over here, and you got um, you got a lot going on, but you were in Dubai recently. Yeah. What was that like? It was awesome, man. First time?
1: No, uh, third time. Third time. Great food, uh, good shisha, You know, good good nightlife, and it's fun. Like it's fun because look, my sister lives there. My parents met us from Lebanon. Uh, the weather usually in Dubai, if, uh, if you haven't been, it's like avoid summers and go during the winter months of Canada because it's sweltering in the summer, man. Exactly. Holy, you cannot handle it. Like, you step
0: out, and you like you realize that all stores shut down from like two to five. Yeah.
1: It's like a sauna. It's like, a disaster. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Almost as bad as we have it here in winter, you know, dead winter. Yeah. So, uh, but it's fun. It's fun because uh, it's opulent too. Uh, you know, a little too materialistic sometimes. I get it. But from a tourist thing, what I, what I love about Dubai is they make an event of everything. Yes. They everything is grandiose, You know, it's like built up and. Where do you yeah. think that
0: comes from? Do you think that comes from like, you know, because people look at Dubai and they have one way of thinking about it. My mom and my dad are not fans of Dubai at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make fun of it all the time. They're like, it's exactly the things you It's opulent, yeah. materialistic. But I look at it from the perspective of what a fucking marvel. Like we found this patch of <laughs> desert and we built this mega city in the middle of it. And yeah. everything here is larger than life. Like, shout out to the vision and being able to execute. Now, of course, there's a dark underbelly to the sure. bike. And I saw that on the highways when I was yeah. driving. I'm like, why are all these buses full of men? Yeah, What's going on over here? And I'm like, oh, this place is built on the back of slave labor. It's fucking yeah. disturbing. But at the same time, I'm looking at it and being like, hmm, you know what? I can, I can see that. I can acknowledge that it's wrong, but... Still pretty cool because there's nothing else like it. The only thing I can think of is Vegas. Vegas yeah. is the only other thing where they've built this artificial city in the middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I agree with your points. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot a lot of parts to it that uh, are not exactly positive per mm-hmm. se. And I think that's uh, that's what they ha- I guess that's the path that they took sure, uh, to build from the grounds up. But if if really if you look at pictures when Dubai was like in. A Early two thousands, there was nothing there. Totally, it was like deserted, you know. And so uh, just to see where where it's been now, and a lot of uh, a lot of people there have respect for the royal family and uh, you know, big fans of them. And um, you don't always see that in different parts of uh, you know um, of that region, right? I would say. So um, you know, it's just it's interesting, and and mm-hmm. you kind of marvel, like as you say, you kind of marvel, but it's also just interesting to see that they took a different path and they saw what worked. Dealing with now in yeah. terms of you know commodities and oil and uh, they were able to diversify much earlier uh, because oil is in Abu Dhabi and Dubai is really built on tourism, you know the food scene, the fashion scene. Yeah. So. so um, Anyways, they were able to diversify. And
0: Whenever people go to Dubai and they ask me for advice, I ask them first, how much money do you have? Because how much money you have depends on what version of Dubai you get to access. Yeah. So I first went when I was with my family. I couldn't afford shit. And so I experienced it from that perspective. Yeah. Then I went back when I had some money. And then I went back a third time when I had a little more money than I did. Mm-hmm. And it was a totally different experience. And then, on the New Year's ex- night I was telling you yeah. about, I caught a glimpse into... A version of Dubai that maybe like a few people see, and the fact that I saw it means that there's more versions of it that are well occluded from me. Yeah. A good example of this is, you know, growing up, I thought that five star was the maximum for any hotel chain. I'm like, okay, so, you know, you've got your uh, Ritz Carlton's, you've got your Four Seasons, and then you find out that there's seven and eight stars in Dubai, and you're like, what is going on here? There's so many
1: levels to this. It's a different level. But I mean, like, even, uh, you know, you go to a parking lot in the mall. Like every second car, is <laughs> yeah. like a Bugatti, Bugatti or, man. you know, a Rolls Royce, fan. Like it's insane, Populant, man. I even met a, you know, you'll meet people who like live in the Bur, Uh It's just insane. Like the the amount of wealth there. It's it's also a different kind of wealth. You see what I mean? Like in Toronto, as I know wealth, for example, is an entrepreneur who sold his business for X amount. You're like, damn, all right, my man. And it's nice because like, you know, you build from the ground up, and and then there, it's like, it's just on a Another level.
0: Yeah, they're great, great grandkids after work, man. It's generational wealth, man. <laughs> it's insane. George, let's get into deconstructing sure. uh, what makes you you and understand how you're able to operate at such a high level of performance and get all the things that you've got going on mm-hmm. uh, done. So you've got the book back app. That's number one. You're a connector with, or sorry, an activator, is it, with League of Innovators? Connector, yeah. A connector. Mm-hmm. Um You've got Sanford Advisors, your full-time job. You maintain a very disciplined lifestyle as far as fitness, food is concerned. Mm. You travel. You've got an active social life. I mean, somebody looking at your life will say, he's doing things that I want to be able to do. And so let's help those people understand how they can replicate the specific systems, behaviors, mindsets, and habits that get you there. And we'll start by asking about time. Mm. How do you currently manage your time? Do you have any apps or tools that you use to keep yourself organized?
1: Uh, To be honest, no. I don't. No worry. calendars. Uh, so I use my calendar. Okay, okay. you Terrified
0: me, bro. I'm yeah. like, how do you how do you get to be George <laughs> without a fucking calendar, <laughs>
1: No, but no, no apps like the, the proper schedulers or. Sure. I just use uh, my work calendar uh, mostly, and I and I fill a lot of the stuff in there. Um, I think to, uh, m- that aside. I think what you need to focus on is priorities, and that's what I do. Uh, There are certain non-negotiables, I call them. Like, working out is a non-negotiable for me. It's something that I have to do uh, during the week. I just know and I have to fit it in. And because I've done it now for for many years, it's almost like intuitive, I just know where to fit it. You know, for example, I'm on the business development side. If I know I have an event at night, I'm gonna wake my ass up in the morning to go to the gym. If I don't, I'll go at night. But there's no, I'll come, even if it's like, I don't know, minus 15 outside, I come home, I'm like tired, non-negotiable. I'm going to go to the gym. Now, I have some downtimes and whatever, but there is no wiggle room there. Okay. Um the other thing is free space, free time. You know, I'm doing dishes, I'm listening to a podcast. I'm ironing, I'm listening to a podcast. You know, sometimes I have to set hard limits because like everybody else, I can get in the loop. So with social media, for example, I recently set timers on my phone. It's a new update on, on the iPhone, if you have it. And mm-hmm. It's a great way to do it. You know, past 10 p.m. now, everything locks. Wow. I have time limits on, on Insta, for example. A lot of people don't don't might not know this, but like, it's not like I spent all my day on Insta. Sure. You know, I might go and I see something cool, I'll share it. I'll engage with a couple people and then I, I'll do work for hours. I'll go and engage a bit. Um, I think it's how you use it. And, I, and I, I think operating in a smart way. And by the way, why I use social or how I use it is not the same as everybody else maybe. I'm using it from a different lens. Uh, and I'm using it, you know, one for the personal brand, but to share and document as we talked about. Uh, so I think you have to be smart about how you, how you allocate your time, uh, but also optimize. This notion, I don't have time for the for, for gym or eating well or uh, taking time for myself or going in, going out with friends even for drinks. How are you gonna convince me that you're working for 24 hours? Yeah, how? Yeah, that's just not the case. You're just sitting in front of your laptop on Facebook <laughs> yeah, for three hours, man.
0: A plane can get from Chicago to London in eight hours,
1: man. You're telling mm. me you don't have time? Come on, so it, it's yeah. the way you allocate your time. And and by the way, I was always pushing the grind thing, and I still I love it. I'm like, let's let's yeah. hustle, let's grind. But for you to do this. Not only do it hard every single day in that 24-hour period, but to sustain that, you have to have a bit of a balance. For sure, you have to be a bit more well-rounded, and I found I found that personally for myself, the more well-rounded I was, the more I could operate more efficiently every day, but also for a sustained period of time.
0: How do you beat procrastination? Because uh, I'm a big fan of Parkinson's law, right? Work expands so as to fill the time allocated for its completion. Mm-hmm. You had Bookback app, which you got into out into the world last month, I believe, right? Yeah, a couple months. A couple it was, months uh, ago. September, early September. Yeah. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks, How's man. it been doing? First uh, of all, it's
1: really good. You know, okay. uh, very, very happy with the v- version one. Right. As we talked about with Reed Hoffman, like it's uh, just. Proud to have something on the market. There you go. Something we've worked on for a year and a half in the background, uh, part time, self funded, with two of my co founders. It was a fucking hustle, man, and we just got it.
0: So, like uh, going back to that question about how do you beat procrastination, you could have easily launched that app next year or the year after, but you forced yourself to launch it at that particular time. Mm. How did you defeat your innate desire to procrastinate?
1: Because I procrastinated when I wanted to. Hmm. What do you mean? Which probably doesn't sound intuitive. You have to listen to your body okay Uh, so for example i think what happens is a lot of people um like after this podcast okay i can force myself to go and read a book like a tim Ferriss book and like journal it might not be what i want to do so if i do that essentially i'm creating a negative association with the whole array of like maybe self-development next time i'm gonna do it i have a tick now i'm like oh god Uh, this is gonna be it's gonna feel like shit i don't want to do it well why am i doing it just, just to say that I'm doing it and then I can put a story that, you know, I'm a productive Sunday yeah. person. Like, <laughs> no man. I, after this, I might go chill at home, maybe watch an episode and then you know, I'll, I'll sit and be like, okay, I feel like I want to read. Yeah. So I'll read. But, but I, I, I block times when I want to do stuff, for sure. But I feel like you, you, you want to you want to be willing to do something, you know, and then you have to build a muscle to do it constantly. And it's consistency too. And so uh, I just think that if you constantly push yourself and do stuff that you just don't enjoy, eventually that, y- you know, you're, you're going to kind of miss the ball. Uh, sometimes you have to be hard on yourself too. So that's the caveat. Uh, it's not to say like, you know, you can go and game all day. I'm not a gamer at all, but if that's mm-hmm. if that's your thing, then uh, do a bit of it, but understand your limits. Um, and I think that's kind of like uh, like working out. You have to build discipline. You have to build discipline within yourself. You have to be committed, uh, but on on the upside, with bookback, for example, it was a little easier because right. I enjoyed working on it. Now, it wasn't always enjoyable. Got it. On the days that were difficult. Yeah. But I was always long-term thinking, and sometimes what people miss, dude, is oh, I want to buy a Lambo, as an example. If that's if that's you watch, and that's what you want to do, okay, I want to buy a Lambo in like two years. Well, what are you going to have to do in a twenty-four hour window today, starting right like right now? That's gonna get you to that right. wh- whatever what are the that daily end goal? imperative actions you need to take to make yeah. It real. Yeah, dude, you have 24 hours. Every that's all you have. Yeah. All I can really say for certain is that right now I'm here. I have no clue what's gonna happen. No. I'm gonna walk home after this. Who knows? Like it's like sure. a free script. Yeah. You know. So I'm in control now. But realize when I'm with you, I'm not doing this shit. I oh, sec, Hamza. Yeah. 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 What's... I'm. You know. I'm like yeah. jittery and. Did you see me once come... I come? I... Turn no. everything off. Yeah. So when I'm with you, I'm giving you 120%. That's what I can give you right now because mm. I'm here. I showed up. You know, you wanted me on a Sunday. Let's go. Boom. Now you ask me questions. I'm full script. Yeah. I'm not hiding anything. No. You know, I'm going to give you everything I have for whoever is listening. And the listeners appreciate that, man. Trust me. Right. And so I think that's how you beat procrastination. I think because of that, now I'm fired up. You see, this is giving me energy because even though you're asking me questions, I'm having to reflect on myself. Now I'm going to go back, you know, Oh, maybe I'm gonna take a bit of a chill period. Yeah. And then I, I might before bed, I'm gonna be like, okay, I might do something that I, I enjoy that I feel I'm productive in.
0: So interesting, man. I went to school with this guy named Fazan, one of my best friends, man. Shout out to Faze if you're listening to this. Uh, he had this weird way of studying. He would just procrastinate for as long as humanly possible until he got so bored that he had to force himself to do the elastic opposite of getting bored. I mean, he would for maybe like 10 hours a day, just be on Reddit, be on social media, uh, watch movies and whatnot. (laughs) And then at the nth hour, something would switch and he'd be like, Oh shit, I don't have a lot of time to get this essay done. And boom, he would just bang it out real quick. I found myself into a bit of a funk recently where, you know, I've been sick. I've been battling this cold, but I've been working on a keynote And I just can't apply myself for 8, 10, 16 hours a day. So what I'm forcing myself to do is watch a movie, get actually bored and feel that, and then go back and do it. But also it just happens to be correlated with the type of work that I'm doing. It's creative work. And so I think that boredom is a good precursor to being creative. Switching gears to energy a little bit. Uh, I slipped up recently, man. Mm. I, I ate McDonald's for the first time in a long time. Oh, Had so good, man. Don't on Friday? Oh, man, shout cheat out to Papa day, John's, man. Was it people. wasn't even a cheat day. Bro, my my, my whole <laughs> life has been a cheat day, man. Uh, here's the thing. You talked about going to the gym, right? And you talked about like making sure that it's non-negotiable. I hate going to the gym. Okay. The idea stresses me out. Okay. But I force myself to do it because I know that the days that I go to the gym, my... Inclination to eat junk food will go all the way down. I'll have much more energy sustained, and I actually love it when I'm there. I just need to get over that first 20 to 25 minute period of waking up, being like, ah, oh, is this really what I want to do right now? Getting myself to the gym and doing it. So I'm with you on that 100%. But talk to me a bit about the fuel that you put in your body, because I think that's where. Uh, I'm I'm falling short big time. I mean, as somebody who just knocked back a double Big Mac with an apple pie and some some poutine on the side, oh, it was so good. Thirty seconds of mouth pleasure, but <laughs> like twenty four hours of disaster, bro.
1: <laughs> Sounds How, better than the naked juice that I just had, man. <laughs> How do you say
0: discipline with a diet, man?
1: Um, yeah, look, um, even with with a diet, I think um, I think what's important is to is to make it fit for you, uh, for one. Uh, but I'm just gonna make it very simple. We all know what to eat. The problem is you're not fucking eating it. Oh God! I'm just being kale. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) quinoa. You know what I mean? It's 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 really that simple. I'll give you some some things I've been doing. Okay, Um, I used to have uric acid. It's uh, something I had uh, as a I think I was kind of born with it, or built up gradually. What is it? Uh, essentially, it's, it comes from eating a lot of purines, like a lot of organ meats, um, chickpeas, sure. stuff like that. It, and what happens is it creates crystals uh, in between your, uh, your your bones. So uh, the first sign is always your big toe; it kind of like flares up, and then it kind of it's a precursor to kidney stones and stuff. Oh, Wow! It's not a, it's not a nice thing to have. Um, anyways, what I've been doing is, and this is something uh, credits to my dad: uh, apple cider vinegar with warm water every morning. Holy man! Dude, if there's something you wanna do to step your game up quickly, uh, I'm saying like either apple cider vinegar or, or a lemon. Squeeze some lemons, warm water is important. And what happens is they're both acidic in nature but when you digest them they become alkalinic and so your pH scale now balances out that's why you start pissing crystal clear all day wow. so it's great to flush the system um, and it's also kind of good for, for, for weight loss and many other things but but I'm just talking health wise right now
0: i am popping by Metro right after this apple cider vinegar I,
1: please just do this for a month
0: no but, I'm 100% I'm doing this right yeah, after this there's one thing I'm, I'm really going to report share. back man Yeah, I'll show you pictures of my piss afterwards <laughs> <laughs> just let me know how how after. Going, <laughs>
1: I'll, uh, I'll save it <laughs> but uh, so th- that's one of the things I do early in the morning and right away when i have water in my system i'm like clear yeah i'm energized you know i feel like i feel good yeah you know, man. I'm, I'm, my mind is clear a bit um so that's one thing i do um if you're working out I, I typically can work out in the morning without a breakfast uh but if i don't work out say i, I have a pretty simple breakfast oatmeal with honey uh i can have um i don't drink uh, like i drink almond milk so i don't uh no animal milk for me um i'll have eggs you, know, you can put mushroom, make a nice omelet, whatever you want to have in it. If you like eggs, that's a great thing to start with. Yogurt, something simple, but something to kind of activate you. I think having a good breakfast is important, but nothing too carb dense also, where it's gonna lower your insulin or spike that insulin in the beginning and kind of like lower your, your mood as you go into work, especially if you're high pace. I have meetings and stuff. I can't be like sitting down and drooping. I need something to quickly activate me. Give me a bit of glucose, a bit of that rush, but like to sustain. Mm-hmm. If you have complex carbs like oats, Complex scarps are things like brown rice, they're they're whole, they're not refined. Uh, those sustain you for a longer period of time, but they're also easier to digest. So I do that. Um, lunch, something simple, salad, even a sandwich, for example, and a fruit cup. Something, again, light, but but enough. Uh, you know, sometimes I go by like Jimmy the Greek, if I know I'm gonna have like a good workout sesh, it's fine, have them. Um, and then after the gym, a chicken breast, uh, salmon, uh, maybe tilapia, tuna you know another salad, whatever kind of thing that that sustains you uh, i love peanut butter before the workout i'll have a, like a tortilla bread peanut butter and honey i eat a lot of honey mm. because for me i'm i'm a, a, a sweet i crave yeah, a man. lot of sweets man and that does that just shuts my cravings but it, at least it's a so it's the a, middle a, eastern background It's those it's dates the, man the dates man the, the feed baklava me the dates when i was like <laughs> 10 years old and, <laughs> yeah. then, and then on top of that baklava <laughs> that's why i have chubby cheeks baby <laughs>
0: that's amazing man but
1: uh you know dates are actually really good yeah. too Leads are good, 100%. pre and post. Uh, one thing I'll just say is if you're going to work out, focus on, on the pre-workout meal. This is where a lot of people get it mistaken. They work out on an empty stomach? Uh, not just that. They focus on the post-workout meal. Right. Not intuitive, though, because your body takes at least two to three hours to assimilate. Something is as simple as protein. I'm not talking like carbs or if you eat like a Chipotle burrito. So I would rather you eat something proper before you work out because when you're finished your workout, those nutrients are now being assimilated by the body and broken down, protein, mm-hmm. carb, fat.
0: Very interesting, man. And now switching gears to the last piece on sort of your performance points. We talked about time. We talked about energy. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about attention. You told us that you use that feature on iOS right now that regulates how long you spend on social media applications or any application period. Where do you d- draw the line for notifications in your life? Mm. So do you allow for all notifications to happen? Phone, text message, email, Snapchat, Instagram, Tinder, all of that?
1: Uh, so... No Tinder. No Tinder. But, uh, sorry, Mary. <laughs> um, one of the things, like, for example, I always have my phone on do not disturb. And it, always. Yeah, but it pisses my friends a lot. It pisses yeah. off my friends because... You never pick up your phone. Uh, <laughs> and it always goes to voicemail. So I'm sorry, guys, if you're in this. But uh, <laughs> what that allows me to do, at least if I'm sitting in a meeting or if, even now, it's not constantly, like, flashing or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's in the background at least. So I like that personally. It's been working a lot for me. Um Look, I've also been more intuitive. Like I listen to Simon Sinek a lot, and um, I'm not great at this, and I'm st- I still struggle with it. But just being more present. We talked about this before, and so the whole notification thing. Like my phone can be popping right now, but it doesn't mean I want to check it because I'm with you. Yeah. You know, it's it's disrespectful, and I think uh, I'm still again. I'm not perfect at this. I still have a long way to go. One of the, my my things. One of the things my roommate actually did, uh, Patrick. Every time we'd go out now for a rest uh, to dinner or whatever we'd all collect our phones, put them on the side. Whoever checks their phone first has to pay the bill. I love it. So, you know, so even making it kind of like, like gamifying it a bit, it makes it fun. And um, I just think that because we're so, uh, we're so stick, uh, sort of, um, how do you say it? Like we're always uh, with our phones. Conditioned. We're yeah. conditioned, right? And it's always at arm's length. Like this right. thing is always with me. Yeah, it's, it's with it's me become an than,
0: extension of you now, right?
1: Exactly. And, and by the way, here's a cool exercise to do. If you ever walk into a club, pay attention to yourself club an event a bar a lounge i don't mean a club just by itself sure
0: anywhere where there's people
1: watch what happens there's people in front of you okay please do this the next time yeah it's a little creepy but just just notice what happens notice how many people do it as soon as you walk in with a crowded crowd-filled room everybody like eight times out of ten everybody's gonna pull out their phone it's a reflex right but it also gives you quite confidence i'm attached because guess what if i feel shy nervous or insecure what am i gonna do Retreat back into the place what where happens. you're gonna get likes, and so push yourself views. away from it. Yeah. walk into a room, be present. What's it like? I'm here. Yeah, you know, show that you're kind of. I'm present. I'm with you, and um, again. I'm getting better at it. I
0: love I that man. And right. again, I, I said at the top of the podcast, and I stand by it. You're like almost the anti-millennial man. I think about my <laughs> sister. Like my sister and I, we we have great conversations, but whenever we're hanging out together, uh, it's always mediated by the phone. Like she's always on her phone. Younger, or older, younger. Okay, she's always on her phone. Whether it's a family dinner, family trip, uh, you know, talking to you, she's having a full conversation with you, or so you think. She's on the phone. But she's on her phone <laughs> at the same time too. And
1: because so she she's Gen Z,
0: she's a she's a cusp.er She's like at the cusp of Gen Y, Gen Z. Okay, but with that being said, like I, I might be old school, but I see it as a sign of disrespect. Like mm-hmm. if we're sitting down and if you were on your phone right now, I'd be perplexed and I'd probably be like, "Hey, George, like, what are we doing here, man? Like, is there something more important on your phone right exactly. now?" Um, so that's really good, man. And I hope that because I, the numbers are in, we don't have to wait for them anymore. The reports are showing that levels of anxiety, depression, mental health issues can be traced directly back to your usage of the phone. We're spending so much time on our phones. My mm-hmm. I mean, partner Bailey talks about this all the time. Um, it's, it's reached endemic levels. And I think in our lifetime, we're going to see social media detox, social media rehab become a thing. Mm. Phone rehab, phone detox, people just putting their phones away, going away on retreats to be away from their devices. That, I think, is going to happen very soon.
1: I think so too. Yeah. Scary I, stuff, man. It's on you too. Like, um, I just want to, the last thing I guess I'll say Please. about this, because we're both active on social, uh, I think it comes down to the person. I said this when Tinder first came out as a joke, but I was like, Tinder, all it really did was just highlight the, the human behavior. Mm. Uh, it's not forcing you to do anything. It's not putting it right. onto your face. Neither is Snapchat or Instagram. You don't like it, turn it off. The inclination was is there. Right. You don't like me, unfollow me. So if you're forcing yourself to follow someone maybe you don't like or who's putting you down or is... Bo- like, At the end of the day, um, there's a lot of things you are in control over, but you're kind of shutting off because you're feeding into the system. So I'm not neglecting that, that social media doesn't have uh, challenges and weaknesses and things that... Are kind of leading to anxiety, even suicide, to be honest, which is very difficult to uh, to, to look at. Um, but I think it's also part ways with us, so it's kind of a fifty-fifty. It's a bargain, and I think if you at least try to use it for good, um, you're just going to reap the the betterment of it. And and it's on you to put controls like anything, man. You drink too much of, of water, it can be toxic. Don't don't forget that.
0: George Khalife, ladies and gentlemen, wow, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, uh, guest numero uno, thank you so much for doing this, brother. Really appreciate this. We covered a lot of ground in this last hour that we were together, a lot, a lot of ground. But like I said, just the tip of the iceberg. We have so much more to talk about, and I have every expectation to all the listeners that George will be back. Uh, I I will do whatever I can to make sure that you come back on this podcast, and we keep on talking, and keep this conversation going. I am so motivated. Uh, You know, I saw Kwaku bouncing his head a couple of times from the corner of my eyes being like, yep, yep, yep. I need shout to hear out. that. I need to hear that. Shout out to Kwaku oh. one time. <laughs> uh, shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to our producer, Kwaku. George, uh, where can people follow your adventures online?
1: Sure. So uh, connect with me easily on, mostly active on LinkedIn and Instagram. So LinkedIn, okay. my full name, George Gleefe. Instagram is Kalief Style. So is Twitter. Um... And I would love connecting, really. like I'll respond to any questions you might have. If you just want to connect and stuff, I love it, and uh, that's what I'm here for.
0: And for all the student listeners, because there's going to be a few who might even cross over from Student Life Network, tell them a little bit about Bookback app and what they can use, especially with the new semester just being upon us.
1: Sure. Quickly, Bookback is an app for students to buy and sell books. I realized very quickly after having graduated for like four years People are still using Facebook groups. They're using Kijiji Amazon. There wasn't a marketplace that made it easy for students to to do this, uh, let alone in in an app version that was clean, well designed. Uh, Still, you know, version one, we're just getting started. So I'd love it if you download it at least and and just try it, let me know what you think. Uh, And we're also now kind of planning the version two. So we're really trying to think about how we can maximize, connect students to tutors, you know, maybe uh, exam notes and make this more wholesome. Uh, But really, I just, uh, I thought it was cool uh, as a project for myself great learning. Uh, and we just wanted to bring something that answers the pain point.
0: Amazing. George, thank you so much. Listeners, don't forget to subscribe to George's own podcast, Let's Grab Coffee, as well as our producer, Kwaku's podcast, The Waste Man Podcast. We're out.